0: Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chan Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise, joints. Oh. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners.
1: Hey, I was going to talk about gopher basketball here, but uh, so there's this series that's on stars now. Just started with my one of my favorite actors, J.K. Simmons. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's called Counterpart. And it's uh, it's not going to be for me because it's about an alternate universe. There's two J.K. Simmons. There's a So basically, in this counterpart, we live in a world that there's another one of us on the other side. Okay. They don't tell us. And we end up married to the same people that we're married to on this side, but our lives become different. Okay. I'm not sure what uh, we're trying to accomplish here, but... Uh, The one J.K. Simmons lives this very boring life, and the other guy's kind of a dashing guy who comes over to the other side to try to track down an escaped woman who's an assassin who was sent from the other side to kill some people on, uh, including J.K. Simmons's wife. Wow. Mm. Uh, So it's it's very convoluted. But at the end of the first episode, They play this tune, which I want you to find. And you've heard about it. You've heard it. Dark Side of the Street. Dark Side of the Street by James Carr was the original. And then Percy Sledge did it and all kinds of them did it. Uh, So the Gopher basketball team, who I predicted to win, and I know that'll shock people that they did not, (laughs) I felt very confident at halftime. What happened? Pretty good. Second half, they go out, they get tired. I guess they run out of steam, and uh, the Wildcats were down, you know, ten points in the first half, and they got the the Gophers were still doing okay in the second half, and then North they let Northwestern shoot about fifty five percent in the second half, and they end up seventy seven sixty nine. They lose again, six losses in seven games. Uh, and they announced a crowd of only 11,302. So what the Gophers have done with this slump, they have regained the lack of interest that they had <laughs> oh. started to lose. I mean, they were they were packing the place there for yeah. about th- two, three games. And then uh, now people are saying, ah, the hell with it. Three and seven uh i thought we wore down richard patino said they they're all giving everything we just got to be smarter we've got to be able to rely on when we're tired to go get that stop i just thought we wore down in the second half only six minutes for jellybean uh isaiah washington uh six minutes he played and uh, it's uh, it's kind of astounding that uh, they're phasing him out. He only played a couple of minutes in Madison Square Garden against Ohio State. What track. a
2: letdown that's been. I have a hot take. Oh, hold on, I'm okay. On. And there there
3: are no sources. There are no. I have not spoken to anybody on this at I am all ready. whatsoever.
2: I am
1: ready.
3: I think Isaiah Washington's going to transfer.
1: Patrick, I am hundred percent agree with you because I think is, he's going to transfer. He's going go to go back. That's a hot sports. He's going to go back and play at Manhattan or some other school in the city where he can go be Jelly Jam
3: again. The coach is just going to give him the ball and say, do whatever (laughs) you you
1: want. Yeah. (laughs) He can go be Jelly again and do anything he wants to do. But if you look up the scouting reports on him, the knock was he couldn't shoot. And he can't shoot.
3: No, he cannot.
1: Cannot shoot. He can, he's got the wheels, though. He's quick. Well, he does, but he can't shoot.
3: But he can't shoot. And man. the, the, the decision-making has got to get better. And I know he's just a freshman, but we've seen freshmen but make. Is it
1: is it to the point that uh, Patino's trying to run him off? I don't think he's trying to run him off, he's but he's got it, some. It he is. Got a, maybe he's got a Deandre Matthew out there that he wants to bring in out of the junior college or something yeah, to
2: play. Maybe next year. are we a hundred percent certain? I know I've asked this before. Are we all that certain that Richard's not in trouble here?
1: I don't think he's in trouble, but he is now. I I added it. His up record today. is awful. He's Thirty and fifty-two in the Big Ten in the regular season, and I
2: got news for him. They ain't winning that many more games in conference play, even with Amir Coffee back. That's a game last night when he comes back. They need to beat Northwestern on your home court. Yeah, you no. sat and complained the entire week that you lost a home game. Well, great. Look what happened when you got one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it. I I don't know if he. I don't think he's in trouble. I think he's in more trouble over the Reggie Lynch situation well, than he yeah. is uh, over wins and losses because he just gave him another extension and he does have the three recruit. They're gonna. They're gonna probably. They're not done recruiting. They got the three Minnesota kids coming in, and that would have put them at the max. But they're gonna run a couple of guys off here and get some more players. For, what, was in, in late what was that big ten signing period? Thirty and fifty two.
3: Tubby in six years was forty six and sixty two in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, but Tubby. I'm not saying
3: nothing. I'm just saying Tubby
1: inherited a much worse situation. Yeah, but what is a fact of the matter is since. The scandal in ninety nine, go for basketball is basically stung.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: I mean, it's almost been as inept as football. Yes. They've, know, they've they've been yeah, they've really, been parallel
3: programs. You're right. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's and uh once in a while
3: you'll have a year where they do
1: okay yeah, last year and you're like, last year but, it was good. It was but, good. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
3: For uh, the most part, they've they've not been good.
1: And uh All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll say this, you know, that we don't have mine anymore here, <laughs> but we ripped them when they were here. So that is right. We, we stay consistent. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Now, last year we were on board. Absolutely. Fine. But when they were two and 16 and got swept by the South Dakota schools, we were a little and, critical. You know, I
2: don't see uh, certain people with this radio station or freezing cold takes bringing up old Patino tweets of mine or yours or anything no, like that no, this year. I haven't
1: year. heard that lately. It's been pretty quiet that on that front. Oh, okay. All righty. Well, they lose again, 3-7, and seven, and they got a week off before they get to play the lowly Iowa Hawkeyes, Oof. who are terrible. Uh, but meanwhile, the women's basketball team is going to go to the NCAA tournament, and Marlene's going to save her job. So that's the way that goes. We'll be back.
0: Talking Purple right now on The Ride with Royce. You play to win the game. Hello. It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst, Herm Edwards.
1: Herm Edwards is with us. Herm, we got our snowstorm out of the way up here Monday, so we should be good for the Super Bowl. We got our foot of snow Monday. Uh, We should have that cleaned
4: up by the time our Super Bowl guests arrive. (laughs) Well, you might have the snow out the way, but it might be a little chilly on them. But um, obviously Minneapolis is built... um, to uh, accommodate all of the fans that will come up there, it's a shame, obviously, that uh, that the fairy tale story <laughs> didn't didn't end the right way. But um, I, I think uh, Minnesota and, and, and uh, the Tri Cities will will be an excellent host for the Super Bowl.
1: Now, as a former Eagle, uh, you couldn't mm-hmm. have minded this that much. But uh, how shocked were you the way they took it to this Viking defense?
4: I, I really was. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be one of those games where it's going to be played very tightly up to the fourth quarter where I thought the kicking game was going to be critical. And I thought whatever defense played well, the red zone would win the game. But um, obviously, um, you know, Nick Foles played well and got to give him a lot of credit. And I don't know if if the Vikings, after the big win and how they won, uh, obviously against the Saints, took a lot of energy away from them. That was an emotional win for them and the city, obviously. And then going into Philadelphia, you know, this is a group that every week seems like they were the underdog. They won 13 games, and they were the underdog coming into the playoffs. So one of those things where they got hot, and, and obviously now they're going to Super Bowl.
1: Hey, Herm, did you think that uh, perhaps the Eagles were much more aggressive than the Vikings thought they were going to be? I certainly thought the Vikings were, I mean, the Eagles were going to try to play it like they did against the Falcons, you know, but very conservative. No. And instead, they came out winging it all over the place, 10 out of 14 on third downs, amazing.
4: Yeah, Yeah, it really was. And as I said, you know, I I don't know the emotion of the win at home. And and then again, remember, now this was Drew Brees, though. Drew Brees, you know, had a pretty good day in the second half against these guys. But that was Drew Brees. And and no one anticipated uh, Nick Foles would come out and have the same type of game or really had a nice game throwing the football. Yeah, and they
1: got a little running out of the Jaya. We yeah. could, a lot of people couldn't figure out why they went and got him. He's a pretty good runner, and they did not. First time all year, the Vikings didn't cover the tight end either. They couldn't contain Hurts.
4: Yeah, no, and, and, you know, he's a good player. And, 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 you know, they made some big plays in the passing game, and, and that's generally not Minnesota's forte defensively to give up big explosion plays like that. But uh, you got to give those guys a lot of credit. They played well obviously they're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and it's my former team and hopefully we'll win one <laughs> that's kind some, of important now
1: <laughs> some of our fans uh, arrived wearing their purple garb and their uh, helm uh, their Helga, their big horned helmets and everything and that proved to be a little bit of a mistake in the parking lot in Philadelphia <laughs> they were they were not treated as uh, kindly? kindly they were not treated kindly they were a little
4: shocked by what they faced yeah, that, that that that's a rough group out there, that, <laughs> that, 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 that silly group. Now I know I played there a long time, you know, and, and um, you know, if it's a late game, they can get a little rowdy. <laughs> yeah,
1: street, well, you that,
0: know
1: <laughs> Yeah, I always told people I was there for a 9 10 p.m. kickoff against the Cowboys one Monday night, and, uh, yeah. wow, <laughs> was that something yeah. in that parking lot? So.
4: Yeah, it's really something. And they're passionate, and obviously, uh you know they got the country really on their side right now. You know pulling for them, and um, it'll be interesting. They're playing against Captain America, and the country is pulling for the Eagles, and and Captain America is trying to beat their Father Time. Say, uh,
1: Herm, uh, you uh, spent all those years at ESPN, and during your time there, you saw the fondness we developed for lists in the sports media. We love our yeah. lists, right? Lists of everything. Yes. Uh, The list in 2016 was that the Eagles had made the worst hire of all the new NFL coaches. The best hire was Ben McAdoo. The second best hire was Chip Kelly going to San Francisco. And the worst hire was Doug Peterson because he was just going to be a yes man for management. Sometimes those lists are not based on uh, reality, I don't think.
4: No, they're not. And, you know, I visited with Doug this this summer, uh, played up in Tahoe with him, American Century. And he was excited about his football team, he really was. And, you know, he's got an excellent defensive coordinator in Coach Swartz, who's done a fabulous job with the defense. Uh, Frank Reich, uh, the quarterback coach, uh, an offensive guy. So he's got a lot of good coaches on his staff. And I just think that what they were were able to accomplish like Minnesota when your number one quarterback goes down and you still find a way to win 13 games and you win your division. As well as Minnesota, they had a fabulous season. You know Their quarterback went down as well. So you've got to give, uh, obviously, coach, uh, coach Peterson a lot of credit uh, as well as Coach Zimmer. He does. Uh, I like his demeanor
1: on the sideline. He looks like he's uh, thinking about the next play at all the time and very creative stuff. Uh, he really comes off as a guy made to be a head coach.
4: Yeah, you know, and it, it was great for him too because he has he has a, a great uh, feel for the quarterback because obviously he played quarterback. You know, and he was the guy early in his career started, and then Donovan Madd took over for him. He was kind of the guy that was getting ready to to to, to give it to Donovan, but uh, he studied a lot of football, and I think you know his first year or so he's he's, he's learned how to be a head coach. But I think he has full control of of, of who he is, his personality, and, and his team really respects how he coaches.
1: Uh, meanwhile, in the other game, we once again learned the lesson. Don't try to sit on a lead against
4: the Patriots. You better keep no, trying to score. No, you're right. And we see this, and this is what makes him probably the greatest quarterback ever. Uh, you know, it, it, we can him all around it. But what this guy's been able to accomplish, he's 40 years old. I mean, uh, and that's not old by the stretch of imagination, but in sports we, we consider that old. And I've said this the last couple of years, you know, he, he is fighting history. And Father Time, and he is battling it, and and he's he's winning, he's winning because of what he's been able to do and accomplish. The more he does every year, we just shake our head with amazement. You know, he plays the game where his hands got stitches in it, and you know, all of a sudden early in the game, it's like they're struggling on offense, and you knew it. As soon as the fourth quarter showed up, he went and got his shield and says, well, "Captain America, I'm coming to the rest of Here we go.
1: <laughs> and they've done this: the Patriots and Brady and Belichick in a league where. This year, there's eight new playoff teams out of 12. Yeah. Eight the new playoff team, teams. Conference. How can yeah. you be a dynasty in this <laughs> era of football? It's incredible.
4: It really is. And, you know, they're both first battle Hall of Famers. I mean, Coach Belichick, I mean, if they win this one, just imagine just they win this one. I mean, he's going to be considered one of the greatest coaches ever coached. And the quarterback obviously is going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever played.
1: Well, you know, people like to talk about Vince, and God love Vince. It was a 12 team yeah. league back then when he was winning yeah. his championships and putting them together, and then he won two And there Super was no Bowls. free agency.
4: There was no free agency, right? No. I mean, it was just, you kept your teams. I mean, now it's free agency, and some things change uh, in New England, but two things stay constant, or three things ownership, head coach, and quarterback.
1: Uh, that uh, Jacksonville uh, team, uh, that's, uh, I'd like to have their future, though, if they don't mess it up. Man, are they fast on defense? Whew.
4: They really are. They're fun to watch. I mean, they are really, really a fabulous football team, and and I just think that that thing will continue to build. And you know, Bortles, you know, Bortles for the most part, you know, that's a tough, tough thing for him to do. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback guy has to go on the road and, and 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 beat Big Ben and then turn around and go and, and try to beat Captain America. That, that that's tough for, for any quarterback.
1: But he uh, he actually played terrific the first half, and yeah. then they kind of. Didn't let him try to make any plays the second
4: half. They yeah, uh, tried yeah. to
1: run the ball with Fournette, which isn't a bad idea. But New England knew what they were trying to do. That was kind of a bad loss, to say the least. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's just, it's amazing though. You know, it's it's going to be a Super Bowl. Obviously, these guys have played against each other before, and we'll obviously the teams have two thousand and four. And so, Philly's been there three times. This will be their third time. You know, we went to Super Bowl fifteen, and then they went in two thousand and four, and now they got a third shot at it. Look, yeah, am, am I a little biased? Yeah. Uh, do I want the Eagles to win? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> hey, Herm, how about, how about this for a stat? Brady has been favored in 50 straight games that he started as quarterback.
4: Yeah. And you know what else I heard? Too? <laughs> 50 straight <laughs> games they've been favored too. when he played. How about this? And I've heard like, what, uh, 12 out of the 13 teams that have won Super Bowls wear the white jerseys? They're oh, wearing the white really? jerseys. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing is the the other great stat on the AFC is uh, since Brady's first Super Bowl, there have been four quarterbacks to play yeah. for the AFC team: Manning, yeah. Roethlisberger, Brady, and then Flacco played one. That's the, the rec- same. The same quarterbacks have been to the
4: represented <laughs> the AFC here for.
1: Sixteen years or
4: whatever it that's is. That's exactly right, and that's what I tell people every year. I said if those key, if those guys quarterbacking back, they're always the ones that are in the Super Bowl. AFC, unbelievable.
1: All right, hey, the uh, Senior Bowl going on. In the past, before your new job, you used to be there all the time. How important is the Senior Bowl to the NFL draft?
4: Well, it is, and it's a way to evaluate some players on the same playing field now. And, uh, you know, one thing it doesn't do, it doesn't hurt you. And I think a lot of players go in there thinking it's going to hurt me if I don't perform well. No, it's not. But I think what it does is put you on a level playing field, and, and they get to watch you practice. And, you know, offense are always going to struggle a little bit because they play with the ball, and the receivers aren't used to the quarterbacks. But I just think the competition during the week can really elevate a lot of players.
1: Well, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, they certainly uh, get the, get all the good ones down there. Herm, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again next week before the Super Bowl. Okay, partner. Thank you. All right. The great Herm Edwards, Arizona State's football coach, out recruiting, but still taking care of us here at 1500 ESPN uh, next week. That'll be the end for Herm, and we'll have to give him a big send-off. I don't know what we'll do, but... Uh, I think I'll cry. That's what I'll do. I I'm think. definitely going to cry. I'm going to cry. We don't, you don't get the greeting from Coach Herm here. You don't get Coach Herm That's here, right. uh greeting anymore. Anyway, Herm Edwards, uh, thanks for joining us once again this week. And meantime, the uh, final votes in for the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame 2008 in ductions. Uh, four guys go in. Chipper Jones, first year. Uh, he was a cinch. Jim Tomey. He was a cinch his first year. Vlad Guerrero makes it, and so does Trevor Hoffman. Edgar Martinez uh, missed uh, by only four percentage points, and he's nearing the end of his time on the ballot. And Johan Santana did not get the required 5% to stay on the ballot. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, first, when we get back, we'll talk with Steve Russian. Russian will be in town on Friday night, uh, and will be the uh, the guest speaker at the Sports Shirt Stag at Nativity of Our Lord uh, Catholic Church in Saint Paul. One of the biggest parishes ever, and this Sports Shirt Stag has been going on forever. Steve, I think uh, appearing at this gets you out of your uh, Sunday mass duty too, so that'll be good. <laughs>
5: Not only one of the biggest parishes, but one of the biggest nativity parishes in the Twin Cities. <laughs> I went to Nativity in Bloomington as a kid.
1: Yes, and uh, this this play I've been to a couple of these, and they uh, they have a good old time. So you're heading on into town. You wrote a great piece after the miracle uh, victory, Stefan Diggs, about how joyful— your uh, relatives were back in Minnesota. Uh, what was the reaction this Sunday, this past Sunday evening?
5: Well, uh, Alan Greenspan's phrase, irrational exuberance. Do you remember that about the yeah. stock market, the yes. housing market? I think we were feeling irrationally exuberant the week before, and um, the texts the following week um, were more along the lines of, pretty woman is on TNT now, i switching <laughs> over. Uh, my dad, at least I can go to bed now. My brother, uh, at least we know the result and I can move on mentally. Uh, so even myself, I must admit, uh, sometime in the first quarter while pricing Delta flights to NSP from Connecticut where I live, fearing, you know, with, with the Patriots now suddenly blocked in that some New Englanders might be flying out of here to Minnesota, um, I was able to unbookmark that uh, relatively shortly after. So I won't be coming <laughs> for the Super Bowl
1: you you are coming in. Now, when are you
5: coming no, in? I'm, I'm coming in. I'm coming in Friday, Friday. for, this, for okay. the for the Nativity event. I will not be staying. Um, okay, I, gonna... I was I was possibly going to come in the following week if the Vikings were in only because people were telling me that I would regret it 25 years down the line if I weren't in state as the Vikings were playing in the Super Bowl. We may never see this again. Of course, that was a Super that that Super Bowl we will never see. We will never see. And uh, I have on my desk here uh, a ceramic tankard. Uh, Super Bowl XI, Pasadena, California, January 9th, 1977, with the Raiders and Vikings helmets clashing on it. Uh, who, who would have thought that that will be the last uh, emblem in my lifetime? Uh, of the Vikings, the last memento of the Vikings at the Super Bowl. Uh, There's a very good chance
1: of that now. I'm telling uh, some of my coworkers, uh, my coworker here, Reavers, who's got a two-year-old, to just sit down and explain to that kid he's never going to see the Vikings in the Super Bowl. If he can't make it this time, you're never going to make it, because the feeling here was everything bad that had ever happened was wiped out by the miracle touchdown, and then to turn around and throw up something like that was just incredible, Steve.
5: I told people, throw up is the right word. I, I told people that you know one of two things will happen. Though there, there may be a, another disastrous end to the game, or they're going to, or they're going to win. But I did not foresee another forty-one donut style performance. And you would think, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me fifty times, shame on me. But um, I had, I had kind of opened myself up. I let myself love again. I, uh, you know, the Johnny Cash, Trent Reznor, um, uh, I felt, uh, I hurt myself today to see if I could feel, I, I learned that I, I do still feel apparently. I mean, that stuff never goes away. It's in your DNA from growing up in Bloomington and the Vikings were playing there when I was a kid. And, um, you know, that preceded being a sports writer and kind of getting grizzled and, and, uh, unfeeling. So uh, it was interesting at least to see all that come back. And, uh, and you know, know that I could that I could feel again. If only, if only it were pain.
1: Steve, you grew up not far away from Herbeck in uh, Bloomington, and uh, the the World Series wins. But uh, there's something about the Vikings in this town. The reaction last week before this game was as crazed as I've ever seen it around here. I've I've ever felt it around here. That uh, the Viking greatness, the mystique, uh, the the great uh, bond that goes back to the Bud Grant glory years when we thought this guy was the greatest guy that ever lived, came roaring back, and it was incredible <laughs> around here how they were going to just, just the, the everything was faded with the Super Bowl here, and it was going to happen, and then uh, this is as good a, kick, a shin, kick in the shins as they've ever had, I think.
5: It, it really is. I, a wise man told me just after or possibly during the 1991 world series i'm talking about you that uh as the twins were uh, offering this greatest moment in in minnesota sports history you were still getting calls on the radio about the vikings backup quarterback situation (laughs) and that this is a football state you know it had become a a baseball state you know during that time it was it was such an electrifying time but um you know given the, the the painful history and the kind of you know the Charlie Brown always removing the foot, always having the football removed, just when he thinks this is the this is the year, um, it's amazing that that has sustained itself this long. And part of me wondered, and I'm sure you've asked this question yourself, if anything would be lost should the Vikings have won the Super Bowl? You know, the Cubs won the World yes. Series, and it feels almost like they don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I I my kids, my oldest was born in 2004 here in New England, and to my four kids, they think that the Red Sox have been a, a dynasty all their lives. <laughs> they have yeah. no idea that they stunk for 86 years. And, um, you know, maybe there will be a generation of Minnesotans who will grow up with that also. We can always imagine.
1: Steve, you went off to Marquette and uh, landed a job at uh, Sports Illustrated almost immediately. When is the last time you lived amongst us here in uh, Minnesota? Um,
5: I lived there amongst you in the in the mid-'90s. I was constantly on the road, so I, um, you know, it, it was a nomadic existence in those years. But um, I get back all the time. I, I we come back every summer over the Fourth of July. My family is is still either there or in Chicago. Um, and uh, you know, I always say my dad and my sister defected from Bloomington to Edina, but I, I still get back to uh, to to the Twin Cities. And um, you know. I had a book come out that uh, somebody sent me – my sister sent me a picture. It was on on uh, a shelf in, in, in a bookstore in Edina that said, under the heading, What Edina is Reading? And I and I, I texted my sister back and said, I, I finally made it. <laughs> the under the heading of What Edina – what Bloomington could have ever dreamt that day? So um, – so I,
1: I we always go back and, and love it there. I was going to mention that, that of course, the book. Uh, I, the Minnesota is so much of, for, you know, various times through your writing, we've been able to see what Minnesota means to you, but, of course, never more so than with your current book, Stingray Afternoons, a memoir, which is a wonderful uh, uh, retelling of your days in Bloomington in the 1970s as a youth growing up
5: yeah you know i uh, i grew up in bloomington not realizing as a kid that um you know i had to see the rest of the world to realize that i was growing up in you know such a great place at such a great time um you know as a child you just you're just sent out into the world and told not to come back until uh supper time and you know, at 13 and what had to have been a huge OSHA violation, get a job at that stadium, and, you know, it was like a Willy Wonka factory for for sports where, you know, here's a pile of broken bats, and here are batting practice balls going into the stands, and, you know, the stadium's not open to the public yet, but you're in there, and and all that stuff clearly uh, made me want to be a sports writer, and I thought, God, if you could hang out in the stadium like this, all day and get paid for it and I was making three ten an hour minimum wage. Wow. There'd be nothing better in the world. Yeah. So uh Plus you uh, gotta work for
1: you got to work in the department of one of the great men in American history, Jimmy Robertson with the bad hat, man. One of the great
5: characters of all time. Absolutely. Mike Robertson was my boss and uh and you know Calvin R. Griffith signed the paychecks (laughs) and uh I had a little embossed card that I was an employee of the Minnesota Twins baseball club and Um, You know, I mean, it it was—it was—you kidding? Making the big leagues at age thirteen. I knew all of us knew working in the commissary that made the food that the vendors sold that it was never going to get any better than that, and we were right. How could it? But, uh, but uh, you know, my God, you know what a what a what a job, and and um, you know, all of that feeds into today when forty years later, when uh, you know, watching the Vikings, I always say these—the twins were my first employer my first real job, so um, it's hard for that to kind of get out of your system even forty years later.
1: Steve, I had a great uh, Calvin Griffith uh, flashback. Of course, I covered him in the 70s, which was a hoot every day. But uh, I was talking to this young 31-year-old man who is now employed in the Twins baseball operation, Daniel Adler. And Daniel has a, uh, a, uh, a law degree a masters in business and a, a bachelor's in commerce from harvard and he's got he's got all three of these degrees and this was at the baseball organization meetings in uh, fort myers and i was thinking that the the calvin's baseball organization meetings were his birthday party in december when he had a big dinner it's it is amazing what has happened to the the game
5: and yet with all those degrees and all that education, where did he dream of working? Yes. In baseball. You could have told him that there was a shortcut. You stab Schweigert hot dogs <laughs> with a metal fork, and you're in for life. That's right. And by the way, after years
1: of drifting away, they are back to Schweigert's hot dogs at the uh, Target Field.
5: So well, that, well, that is good. Well, uh, that's like an like um, olfactory reflex of memory for me when I walk into the ballpark. Uh, you know, I was at... I think it was the uh, uh, Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia was the first park that I'd been to on its first day of existence. It was actually the second day for the second Phillies game there. And I walked in, and it smelled exactly like <laughs> that, exactly like that concrete and fall and uncooked hot dogs. And, I mean, it's, it's uncanny. And that, that that always just takes me right back to being 13 years old whenever I walk into a into a ballpark like that.
1: Steve is with us for about another minute or two. Hey, Steve. Uh... Tom Brady's mother, as I'm sure you are aware, is from Browerville, Minnesota. I heard he and we,
5: describes himself as part Minnesota.
1: And we have a stream of reporters heading out into the hinterlands from all over the country to uh, track down her relatives in uh, Browerville, Minnesota. And uh, people will love these quaint Minnesota – the reporters will love it. I don't know about the readers will, but the reporters will love it. I think Browerville's got 750 people or something, and it's, uh, it's a vintage Minnesota story right there.
5: But is there, is there photographic evidence of Brady having been in Minnesota ice no. fishing? I'll in the find stuff that he claims? I'll find it's, out. I'll find out. I
1: think he might be exaggerating. I don't know.
5: Just a grainy... Bigfoot-like photo of him doing something, you know, maybe writing a personal check at Holiday for $1.85 <laughs> of yes. milk or something, you know, to yes. prove that he really is part of Minnesota, and I want to see that. Uh,
1: milking a cow or something. All right, Steve, well, uh, good luck at the uh, Nativity uh, Stag. I, I had the uh, honor of, uh, of doing that many years ago, and my partner had more beer in him than I did, and it was quite a hoot, I'll tell you
5: that. Well, uh, tough crowd, I'm sure, but um, I'm glad you softened them up for Okay, sir.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Patrick. All right, uh, Steve Russian, uh, one of the one of the great wordsmiths in sports writing, and got hired by SI right out of Marquette. Wow. He was an intern, and then they put him on the payroll when he graduated from
0: Marquette. You're right. You're right, That's too. How good he was.
1: Stingray Afternoons is a phenomenal read. Yep it's if you're uh, it's a little past your time. Mm-hmm. You can learn about the 70s, but it's a great book. All right, we shall return. This is the ride with Racy. The uh, voters, uh, the number of voters for the Hall of Fame among the Baseball Writers Association of America was trimmed down uh, a couple of years ago uh, based on fact that people were no longer. Once you previously, if you had been a 10 year member, you had to vote for eternity. Uh, they've changed that. So you still had to be covering the to some degree, still had to be covering the sport uh, that has made the voting a little uh, more generous because there were a lot of old timers who felt like uh, a getting in the first year was some special honor B, uh designated hitters. There was a prejudice against them. So anyway, today the results are in once again, four more hall of famers voted in today. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Chipper Jones on his first year, easy, breezed in. Jim Tomey in his first year, easy, breezed in. And reliever Trevor Hoffman, uh, who was more on the edge than the other three, he made it. Edgar Martinez, who was as low as 27% only a couple of years ago, they changed the voting. A lot of momentum for Edgar. Edgar ended up at seventy-one percent. I voted for him for the first time, mostly from what Tom Kelly oh. had to say about him when he <laughs> talked about him a couple of times this year. How he'd rather have his team face Ken Griffey than Edgar Martinez—that's high praise. So I, uh, I, I kind of said, okay, you know, I love—I always loved him as a hitter. I just didn't think the numbers were. Quite good enough, and it's yeah. When he's just he a kind DH, of, well, he yeah. kind of started in the mid. He was in his mid twenties too when he started. Mm-hmm. You know, he did most of his production in his, his in his thirties. In but I voted for him. He Ended up at seventy one percent. He's got one year left. He got grandfathered. They've changed it now to ten years on the Baseball Writers' ballot, and then you move to one of the Veterans Committees. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he got grandfathered in as one of the fifteen year guys. And he's got his last shot to make it on the BBWAA ballot next year. But he'll probably make it next year since he's so close, right? Nobody has nobody has been between seventy and seventy four and not made it the next year. That was still on the ballot. So
2: really quick, did the percentage of votes for Clemens and Bonds go up, down, stay the same?
1: I'm gonna have to look, but I think it was going down by the early one. Uh, And uh, by the way, uh, uh, Johan falls off the ballot. He only got 2.5%. You need 5% to stay on the ballot. I voted for him just to keep him on the ballot. I knew he wasn't gonna make it as a Hall of Famer. Alrighty, uh, we will uh, you guys will do this again tomorrow and I'll see you later.
0: 1500 ESPN presents 52 Super Stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Roycey.
1: The idea that the Minnesota Vikings are a jinxed franchise has never been stronger than it is this week after the events in Philadelphia on Sunday. Of course, when people try to make the case for this being a jinxed franchise, they go back to the four Super Bowl losses. Unfortunately, folks, they had the misfortune of playing some fantastic AFL AFC teams in those four Super Bowl losses. So let's review the four defeats. The 1970 Super Bowl, they lost as 12-point favorites to the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no reason that the Kansas City Chiefs were 12-point underdogs to the Vikings. They had Lenny Dawson, Curly Culp, Buck Buchanan, Bobby Bell, Willie Lanier, Emmett Thomas, Jan Stenerud, seven Hall of Famers, and then you go back four years later. It's the Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen. They went unbeaten the previous season. Bob Greasy, Larry Saka, Paul Warfield, Jim Langer, Larry Little, Nick Conte, all Hall of Famers. The Dolphins uh, hand the ball to Larry Saka about 20 times in a row. They had two 10-play touchdown drives, and the first half you know how many passes Bob Greasy was forced to throw in that game seven
0: A methodical, beautifully executed
1: drive. Zonka ran it 33 times for 145 yards. It was a mismatch. By the way, uh, one thing, the Vikings never led in a Super Bowl game, okay? Four Super Bowls. Now, 1974 was probably their best chance to win a Super Bowl. They were playing the Steelers, but the Steelers were not fully formed. And it was a 2-0 game at halftime. Roy Gorella kicked off for the Steelers, slipped, kicked a line drive. It bounced off Bill Brown. The Steelers recovered and went in for a touchdown. Franco Harris nine-yard run. That
4: ball was not kicked the way he was
0: trying to kick it. Boom, boom, Brown. There's buckets a handle on it. Now, big break for the Steelers to open the second
1: half. By the way, our Hall of Famers: Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Joe Green, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Mel Blount, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and Mike Webster. They were rookies. Just a fantastic team, and they got better and better. And finally, the 1976 game against the Oakland Raiders. Kenny Stabler, Fred Belitnikoff, Dave Casper, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, Willie Brown, and Ray Guy was the punter. The Vikings actually blocked a Ray Guy punt in that game. Fred McNeil recovered it at the three. Here's Guy with a low snap, and he got it. First punt he's ever had blocked! Their 16th block kick of the season. And then, famously, uh, Brett McClanahan fumbled on the second play. The Raiders uh, went down, kicked a field goal, and uh, they took over from there. It was uh, 26-7 in the fourth quarter when Willie Brown picked off a 75-yard interception from Fran Tarkington. But look at those clubs they lost to. There's no jinx here, ladies and gentlemen. They had the misfortune of playing some fantastic AFL-AFC teams in those four Super Bowl losses.
0: 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com
3: this holiday whether you're making a fred meyer simple truth turkey for 40 or a murray's baked brie for two fred meyer has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last fred meyer fresh for everyone free pickup on orders of 35 dollars or more restrictions may apply
0: get more ways to save at the buy five or more save one dollar each sale Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Already? I'll be right there.
5: It's happening.
1: Take I-5 south. You are on the fastest route. Mom says, OMG, I'll
4: let everyone know.
5: Have a ride. Honey, I'm I'm right here.
0: She's doing great. We're almost there. She's perfect.
4: Hey, baby girl.
1: The whole world can't wait to meet you.
3: Live larger with more coverage. Share your news, big and small, on AT&T, the network that now covers more than 99% of Oregonians. Visit your AT&T
0: store to learn more. Coverage isn't available everywhere based on third-party data.